Welcome to today's episode. This is What the Fuck Africa with Bixie and Grania. And this is Bixie, of course. And welcome to this week's episode. And, you know, today I decided to to discuss sport. And the guiding theme is that is the joy of sport in watching or in taking part. And I'm leaning towards watching. But also, I wanted to analyze sport to get down to the nitty gritty of things. Because we must agree that sport has united and also divided people in equal measure, communities, friends, couples, families, etc. Because of the passion, the passion it evokes in us. Um, yeah, so I'm going to be discussing that, you know, amongst other things. And I just wanted to put my thoughts out there on this issue, on the issue of sports, especially as we, we are in the World Cup final weekend. I think it's tomorrow, Sunday most probably i don't know i haven't watched the world cup um but yeah let's get into that um stick around for the theme song let's let's get started with today's episode comes to sport there's all kinds of sport i mean if you see the olympics there's everything chess is now in the olympics board games um lifting weights anything can be classified as a sport but sport has been part and parcel of our community as human beings since i would like to say since the beginning of time people have taken part in sports except it has evolved over time and right now i think i mean I think I'd be right to say one of the most famous and prominent ones is football. I grew up in a community where, you know, I, right from when I was young, primary school, would go to school and the boys, and it's not exclusive to the boys, but it was mostly the boys that watched football. There were also a few girls that found it interesting. And for the American listeners, I mean soccer, not, not whatever you guys play. Uh, <laughs> so like the boys would be like, oh, did you watch the match? Blah, blah, blah. This and this messy, messy. All I ever had was Messi or Ronaldo. I didn't know shit and I still don't know shit about football. So I remember being particularly surprised that in my household, we did not watch sports, which is to be fair though. Um, my father is the only male in our household. It was an all female household. My mother plus all her daughters were on. It's just us girls. All the help around the house, all the workers are female. So if it was either we're either watching the news or my parents were watching a political talk show or we were watching soaps. Oh my God. And I, I spoke about this earlier. We watched soaps. Like, <laughs> I can't lie. I watched my fair share of Bollywood. But to an extent, I started thinking that something's not right. Because, you know, my father wasn't watching football and every man every man most men okay knew at least even the people in like the rural side who couldn't afford to have like television sets would listen to the commentary on the radio and it was just never my dad's job my dad only ever watched 
the World Cup and that was the final match. And even then we knew, okay, so if the ball goes into the net, it's a goal. It was as basic as that. And my dad's best friend would come over and talk about things like midfielder, striker, defender, I don't know, this and this. And we, my dad just didn't have anything to, to contribute to that conversation, which I thought was odd, but, you know, to each his own. But one time I actually took the initiative to ask him because it, it, it was bothering me. Um, just out of curiosity, one, one afternoon I was hanging with my dad and I said, asked him how come you don't watch football like i don't i'm not trying to like pry into your private life but do you have anything against football and i wasn't ready for what he told me it was actually a sad story he told me you know how he was actually into football as a young man and when he moved to the netherlands to study because he studied in, in europe for a bit when he moved to the netherlands to study there was a big match going on and he was out like he wasn't in his student house so when he was on the way to like to on the way back home the match had already started but he was on the train and while he was on the train someone had a like a boom box i don't know if it was like like okay like a radio back then in the 90s and he was playing the match the match that the entire country was watching and so naturally, everyone was listening closely, listening, you know, the commentator going, oh, and the ball comes and then this and this and then, oh, he has the ball now, blah, blah, blah. And it's a goal. So when he was like, oh, it's a goal, everyone jumped and screamed out of elation as they usually do, including my father. And while he jumped, some man, some random stranger, wherever he is now, if he's still alive, some big, burly Dutch white man came and like, out of like racism and spite he pushed like he had the audacity he touched he, he grabbed my father's head and pushed it and said focus on your own problems in africa and the whole train went quiet because you know that was an act of open segregation because like why singling him out everyone else was screaming and my father was a grown man but it affected him it affected him so deeply that he never watched football again no interest in it to this day vague interest in it uh and then when that happened i thought to myself is this how much like is this how sensitive people can be about sport i would like to assume that the man that did that to my father was a supporter of the opposite team and Growing up my entire, don't worry, I'm going somewhere with this. <laughs> Growing up my entire life, we had stories, horror stories of mothers saying, I gave my son money to pay for his school fees and he used it all on sports betting or something like that. And usually, for whatever reason, every single time kids would gamble their fees away. It never worked out. Like, I'm yet to see a 16-year-old boy that gambled his tuition money and he became a millionaire. Not yet seen it. It, they always get scammed somehow because I'd like to believe that the, the game is rigged anyway. Uh, yeah, and then, you know, after that, I started to look at sports fans more closely and I realized these people are fucking insane. Uh, right now on TikTok, there's a girl that's being trolled and dragged in the mud. A girl, as in a child, because one of the World Cup matches, like I said before, I'm not watching the World Cup closely. I'll probably watch the final, maybe. His, this girl was like 
saying, oh, Ronaldo, blah, blah, blah. He didn't play well. And she was like making fun of him. And everyone dragged her in the mud. They called her all kinds of names. And, you know, she was bullied is what she was. She was bullied by the Internet for daring to speak against the, the football god Ronaldo. First of all, uh, these football players are paid an insane amount of money. And I would like to believe that they deserve it because, you know, they put in the work, they put in the hours. It's their job. As we appreciate sport, throughout, like I said before, sport has existed since the beginning of time. The Greeks, they built these amphitheaters and they would, okay, by then the sports were way more barbaric, like men wrestling with animals and animals wrestling with animals or they'll just be like sexual games or blah, blah, blah. But this is something that has existed and entertained humanity for a really long time. And uh, especially football. I'm going to speak a lot on football because I have the most somehow knowledge on it. When the Euros final happened, the 2020 Euros final, I didn't know anything about it. It was Euros. I just figured, oh, Euros from Europe. Fine. It's just European countries against each other. Like That's how vague my knowledge is. Um, and then during the uh, there was a there was a draw at the end of the match so they had to take penalty kicks when they had to take penalty kicks the england players uh, england lost by the way i think everyone knows that now the england players missed the penalty kicks and they happened to be people of color so what happened after that match was that there was a, an insane amount of racism directed towards those players they were called monkeys they were called the n-word they were called this and this they were called foreigners who are responsible for england's failure and blah 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 people took went as far as creating fake social media accounts to come and you know abuse people on their instagram like that's a different kind of determination i don't i don't think i hate anyone enough to create a fake instagram account to be an internet troll like that no that's just really weird that's how much people are willing to die for sport. But just to support my, my argument further, I've been reading about a man called Andres Escobar. And I don't want to give anything away yet. I just want you to listen to this, this one man on TikTok who did like a, a commentary on what happened to Andres Escobar. Take a listen. Imagine scoring an own goal in a football match and being killed for it. Yep, this sadly happened to Colombian centre-back Andres Escobar. Nicknamed the gentleman, he was very much respected by the fans as he tried to promote a positive change in Colombia during a very violent time for the country. In the 1994 World Cup, Colombia found themselves in this group. After losing the first game 1-3 to Romania, they had to beat the US in the second game. And things were going well until in the 34th minute, Andres Escobar scored an own goal, giving the US the lead and eventually making them win the game. Once returned home a couple days later, Escobar went into a nightclub with his friends in Medellin. At around 3am in the parking lot, three men came to him and shot him six times, shouting goal every time they shot him. The TV commentator said that six times when Escobar scored his own goal. Later it came out that a man called Santiago Rayon had lost heavy money betting on Colombia to win that game, so he gave the order to kill Escobar simply because he had ruined his betting slip. 120,000 people attended his funeral and now he's even got a stage here in Medellin where every year people still honor him. Imagine scoring an own Right. If you thought I was exaggerating, there you have it. Someone was killed. Killed. <laughs> because he scored an own goal. 
that's insane. That, that we have to that's insane. That's ridiculous. No amount of failure in anyone's workplace should be so imagine imagine if your if your if your boss said to you, um, hey John, we're just gonna call you John. Hey John, um, please make sure that these documents are delivered to this person today. It has to be today and not and not any day less. And you say, Okay. And then you go and you forget to deliver the papers and you did de- you don't deliver your papers and your boss gets so angry because he was counting on those papers being delivered to whoever it was, maybe an investor, a donor, whatever. So angry that he kills you for it. Imagine how ridiculous that would be. Because as we watch these entertainers, these, these people on the field, they are working. That's their job. Their job is to play football. So, you know, he made a blunder, as any human being would. But did he deserve to die for it? I don't think so. So... I just think we need to stop being extreme about things that don't even really matter. If you go to watch a match, and this is the best advice I'm going to give you as someone who doesn't watch football or any sport for that matter. As you go into a match, think to yourself, I'm going for I'm going to watch a movie. Like that's that's all I can say to you. I have no control over what happens in this match because that's the truth. No matter how much you support Arsenal or whatever, Manchester, you will not influence the outcome of that match in any way. Take that same mentality that you take to the cinema, to the fucking football stadium. Because if you go to the cinema and you watch fucking, I don't know, Angelina Jolie or whoever as a villain, villainess, and she murders Sandra Bullock, and then you, you get so angry at Angelina Jolie that you hunt her down and then you kill her. You're stupid. <laughs> like, I, I'm sorry to say, but you're stupid. Because Angelina Jolie is not, is not the character she was playing. This is not real life. We need to stop attaching so much meaning to things that are simply existing to entertain us. Sports is a form of entertainment. I don't know what's so difficult to understand about that. Which is why if, if I had a child who betted away their tuition fees, I don't know what I'd do to them. I just, I'd just be extremely disappointed that that's how, that's how stupid they are. How do you bet on something you have zero control over? Why don't you wake up and smell the coffee and, and realize that these people are taking advantage of your stupidity? If I owned a betting club, if I owned a gambling club, I would make a killing because people are willing to pay me money. No, I don't think, listen to how ridiculous this is. To pay me money, a stranger, and say, I want this money to double in case, I don't know, Messi scores a goal. There's zero assurance that it will happen. But you're willing to bet your entire life on it. This is the same shit we we watch in in those American movies when people go to Vegas and they go to casinos and shit. Everyone knows most of the time these games are rigged. You can't win them. But someone will bet $5,000, $10,000 on a game of poker or whatever they play in the fucking casino and lose. Why Why are you playing the game of chance? Like... Go, be entertained by the match. It didn't work out. Fine, fucking move on. Like, 
it's not that deep. It's like every time you find yourself getting worked up over a football match, please know that you're, you're not okay. Like that's all I have to say to you. I have no kind words. I have no kind words for people that have obsessive behavior for, th- for th- football. Do you get obsessed with movies? Do you get obsessed with series? Am I going to look for Joe Goldberg from the series You? Find him and kill him because he killed, I don't know what was his love interest name, Beck in season one. No, because it's not real life. He's a paid actor. Same way, Messi is a paid entertainer. Because <laughs> that's what it is. Sport is entertainment. It's okay to, to, to be a fan. It's okay to enjoy the sport. I am not saying it's not okay. But I'm saying be fucking for real. <laughs> Why would you? Andres Escobar lost his life at the hands of a bunch of stupidies. Who not only were stupid, but they were actually psych- psychopaths. It's a mental illness. And it's eating away at our society. We are becoming so obsessed in this culture that's so, uh, you know, de- um, what's the word? Dependent on, oh my, no, the English is failing me. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. English is not my first language. The, what's it called? What's it? Is it the dopamine rush? The, we need to be constantly stimulated all the time, all the time. If we don't have this, we're going to die. If this doesn't happen, we're going to die. It's not true. Fucking relax. You know, go watch the match. It doesn't work out. Go back home. Move on with your life. Still be a father. Still be a mother. Still go to work the next day. There's no need to be dramatic. No one has died. Nothing tragic has happened. These people are making money off of your madness. This is madness. And we have the final, the World Cup final coming up. Please and please, if you listen to this show, please and please, control your fucking self please it's not a big and i don't if it's a big deal to you everyone's okay to have things they like i'm just saying bring yourself back if if you really wanted someone to score a goal and they miss it you know take a breath and move on you can't affect any like he's still going to get his millions at the end of the day you know, as you're drinking away the last of your salary in a pub and picking up fights with a drunk stranger, beating yourselves black and blue because some millionaire on the on the pitch missed a goal, there's something seriously wrong with you. And I'm, I'm sorry, I have no kind words for that. You know, that's all I have to say about that. Right. Um... The guiding theme for relationship talk today is would you marry someone that your parents are blatantly against? I just want to know. This is a conversation I have personally had with my parents over some time and so I'd like to paint a picture for you. Imagine you're done with school, you're done with A-levels, high school, whatever the fuck they call it where you live, you've passed. You go to uni or university or college <laughs> and you pass you get your your bachelor's your honors and you you're done with the bachelor's by all means you're educated you might even add a master's and you're out in the work field these are very ideal circumstances by the way you have a steady income supply you have a sound education 
uh, generally you're what people would describe as someone who has made it. And while you're here making it, say, I don't know, you're a lawyer, you work at a law firm, and you meet this girl, or this man, or this whatever people are identifying as these days, I don't care. This person is ideal. They have, I'm going to specifically, I'm going to describe a girl, I think. They have a nice personality. They have purpose. They are sensible. They are polite. They are well-mannered. They appeal to you and they are attractive. By all means, you, you, like, you would want to have a relationship with this person. You ask them out. You go out. Everything's very, very picture perfect, you know very notebook very very perfect <laughs> and she's truly everything you've ever wanted like your entire life this feels like the person you'd want to spend the rest of your life with so you take her home to your parents and your parents say we don't think she's the one we don't like the way she speaks or the way she sits or the way she and you know those are all things that can be corrected what if it's something like we don't like her because she's i don't know muslim or because she's christian or because she's black or because she's white or because she's asian whatever it is but it's a very prejudiced discrimination thing how willing are you to honor your parents wishes at the expense of your own is the general question i'm trying to ask and you know my parents very traditional very conservative they said to me that you can't have a marriage without your parents blessing that's why that's the african way that's how it has always been done in Africa, if someone wanted to marry you, it all came down to your parents. Do your parents agree? Do they think the circumstances are ideal? If they didn't, you wouldn't marry them. Best believe you wouldn't. And as someone who has closely studied African traditional society, African traditional religion and lifestyle, I can tell you this, that in the past, when arranged marriages existed, People were betrothed as early as birth or betrothed as early as two, three years old. And usually what happened is that you'd be betrothed to a family that your parents were friends with. And uh, when you got your first period or something like that, or when you were deemed old enough to get married, you'd be married off to someone, but your entire life, this was you're going to be your husband. In some cultures, actually, the girl would be sent off uh right away before she was ready to have to get married and leave in her in-law's house and she'd be handed over to her mother-in-law and her mother-in-law would take on the responsibility of teaching her how to be a wife teaching her how to take care of kids teaching her about about you know everything that you need to know about being a wife house chores blah 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 how to take care of her husband etc and you know even then it was the, the husband's duty to give bride price among the western tribes where in the interlocustrian region where cattle keeping is favorable you would probably give a number of cows and other uh, other cattle animals whatever you would give food and other forms of gifts in the modern days now people take things like tv sets and sofas and stuff like that but nonetheless bride price and bride price wasn't necessarily to buy the girl but it was more like a token of appreciation to the parents because virginity was such a big issue to the point that and i know i think most of you know this anyway to the point that on the first marital night uh 
when they when the couple consummated their marriage for the first time a mat would be laying on the bed and in 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 most circumstances when a girl loses her virginity and you know she bleeds onto the mat and um, and after they were done consummating the marriage actually in the very very traditional lifestyle the consummation of the marriage would happen in a designated hut and they'd be outside like a set of people waiting and drummers like beating a steady beat and maybe a soloist singing or so because it was that marriage was so sacred and as soon as you were done with the deed anyway the aunt the paternal aunt to the girl would out come out and present the mat and if the mat contained blood i.e she was a virgin it was a huge celebration and the mat would be sent back to the girl's parents along with a goat uh, this goat was a sign that, you know, while well, you raise your kid, will have a goat. And if the girl wasn't a virgin, i.e. the mat did not have any blood on it, it would be sent back to the parents still, but with a sheep as a sign of embarrassment. And the mother would weep and wail and go into mourning and blah, blah, blah. But all of this I'm trying to say to you is I'm trying to paint a picture where your parents were directly involved in your marriage. Like, that's how much influence they had over it which is not the case these days these days you, ju you just tell your parents oh i met this guy i love him blah 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 i want to marry him and they say okay fine and then you know have the wedding but that's the, there's only so much they can do to involve themselves into your marital life but like i've just described to you in the traditional sense your parents were directly directly involved in your marriage down to the last detail of it and so with that said when parents were selecting who is ideal to marry their child, their daughter, they would seek out families with specific traits. For example, that family produces sons that are hunters or that are strong men that work hard. Or that family has a, a history of suicide or a history of a, a disease, like maybe a genetic disease. So that family would rarely get any proposals for marriage. So all these things were put into consideration to the point where I truly believe that a girl had little to no influence over whom she married. But as time went on with education and with advancement and urbanization and blah, 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 it was said, no, that's backward. We are adults. We can make our own decisions. We can marry who we want to marry, which begs back to what I was trying to say at the beginning, that would you put your parents' wishes ahead of your own? That in this ideal circumstance I described to you where you find the perfect partner, the perfect everything, and your parents say, no, you're not going to marry her, you're not going to marry him because we don't like them or we have a bad feeling about them, would you be willing to leave that partner aside? And from my conversation I had with my parents, they said, uh, usually parents see things that you don't see. I agree with that. Usually they have your best interests at heart. Yeah, that's, of course, that can also be true. But is it possible, is it possible that your parents could be wrong about someone? Is it fair in the circumstances I described to you with traditional marriage, is it fair to judge one person based on their family history? Because like I've said to you, in the traditional sense, if your father had ever committed theft or murder or whatever atrocity, his sins were paid by his entire family. All of you would be labeled as, oh, that, that's the child of the thief. That's the child of the murderer. But does being a child of a thief 
directly mean you are a thief yourself? That's all I'm asking. Also, what if your parents' reasons are out of prejudice? Like I just described, if they are on the basis of race, if they are on the basis of religion, if they are on the basis of creed or whatever, would you be willing to honor your parents' wishes? Now, I'm going to present yet another dilemma. This parent, I'm not talking about absent parents, I'm talking about parents. If you have a mother or a father or both who sacrificed everything they have for you to have this life you have, They paid all their fees. They were there for you. Gave you emotional support. Did everything a good parent should do. And you truly owe everything that you have to them. Because they could have chosen to do absolutely anything to you. Because like I've always said, when you're a child, your parents can literally do anything to you. And you will have nothing to do about it as a helpless child. But these actions will affect you as an adult. Now with these parents, whom... Probably all the success you have, you have done so as a way of paying back. Because we always feel that that um, that debt we owe them. If your parents give you all the money they have in their bank account for you to go study, you owe them. The least you owe them is to succeed as a sign of gratitude. Now, you are this successful lawyer that I just described at a law firm. But you would have not been any of these things if your mother, I don't know, didn't sell her house to pay for law school or if your father didn't sell his land to pay for your exam or something like that these are the people that hold you in the highest esteem and you hold them in the highest esteem and you really want to marry this girl or this man and they tell you no we don't like them and you know i think it's different out here because you know back home in order for you to get married in church or civil or whatever, you need a parent, a letter from your parents saying that we consent to this marriage, no matter what age you are. That's just the, the law. The law hasn't been changed, but that's how it is. If you, even if you choose to skip the traditional marriage, you need a letter from your parents consenting to this union. And so, which brings it back to my question, would you be willing to do it? I don't know. It's quite a dilemma to be in, to be honest. Um... And also, how healthy is it to have family involved in your relationship? I've seen these things happen. I've seen mothers-in-law who who think that their sons are their husbands, and I mean that in the in the disgusting way it sounds. Like they will. I've I've seen. I've heard stories that I think are completely ridiculous. I've heard stories of mother-in-laws, mothers-in-law, sorry, mothers-in-law that came to their son's honeymoon. Like, bro. I've had stories of mothers-in-law that torture their daughters-in-law or set these unrealistic expectations for them or tell them, I want a child in the first year. Or if you don't have sons, we're going to do this and this to you. And I think the bigger question, the unsaid question is, do we truly owe our lives to our parents? Do we? Um, Just put that out there. Because I've described to you a parent that gave everything to you. So in their giving you everything, does that mean that you owe them your happiness and you owe them your joy? That's just a question. Is it possible that your parents in rejecting your person of choice have a well intentioned? And is it possible that in them rejecting your partner, they're acting out of spite or jealousy? I think two things can be right at the same time. I think you can believe in your parents and hold their 
opinion in high regard and still want to to um pursue this love interest i don't know what do you think about that do you think that it's their duty to take care of you and in them paying your fees and paying your dues and giving you emotional support is not a favor but a requirement to be a parent they made the conscious decision to have you therefore they should have given you therefore you deserved everything now in fact it was your entitlement to everything that you have but it's also possible that they could have chosen not to there's the dilemma what would you do would you would you marry someone you love are, are we not allowed to make mistakes if i'm wrong about this person unless if they're a threat to my life is it okay for me to go have one two three four divorces and just you know until i find the one the one what do you think if you asked me that question i would say to you i don't know because <laughs> obviously the amount of times i mention my parents means i ho- i hold them in high in high esteem so to be honest no i don't know what i would do i probably would marry them though <laughs> knowing the person that i am maybe i would let me know in the comments Hey, that was all for today. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for tuning in to this particular episode and have a wonderful rest of your day or rest of your night and uh, same time next week. Don't forget to listen to What the Fuck Africa and follow us on our socials. This has been Bixie, Instagram at Bixie and at Grania. Thank you very much. Have a lovely day or night. Bye.